Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am joined by Claudia Amenabar from the Rue Palps Podrace podcast. So if you haven't already looked at the title of this and the general description, then I will inform you that this entire conversation is going to be all about Star Wars. So we spoke for about two hours and ten minutes, so I have split this into two parts. Part one is obviously what you're listening to now, and part two will be released in a week's time. But for all Patreon supporters, you already have access to part two. So make sure, if you are desperate to hear part two of this conversation, go over to patreon.com slash genuinechitschat, give as little as one pound a month, and you'll get access to the full, unsplit conversation because it was it was an absolute barrel of fun but in brief this conversation uh, so the first part we talk about why claudia started the podcast with her four other co-hosts and how she sort of got started in this realm we then talk about how star wars is stupid and camp but that's actually one of the things that makes it amazing so it's a really fun conversation there we also talk about live action tv series so there are some spoilers for book of boba fett mandalorian and obi-wan kenobi but i will say that we recorded this after episode five of obi-wan kenobi come out so before the finale was released there aren't any major major spoilers of Boba Fett, Mandalorian or Kenobi, I wouldn't say necessarily, but just to pre-warn. And there is a couple of mentions of Rebels and the Clone Wars as well, but they're only minor spoilers in themselves. But that's generally what we speak about, as well as a couple of the canon comics and books, Maul and Thrawn, those sorts of things. And then the conversation will wrap up and continues in part two. So before I let this conversation get underway, make sure you check out all the links in the description to the Rue Palps stuff online, as well as Claudia's things online, including her other podcast, The Mystery Spotcast. I've also included a line in the description of the various things that Claudia speaks about, some of the podcasts she mentions, TV shows, etc. like that. And then one other thing worth mentioning is that some of you listeners may not be aware of one of the terms that Claudia uses. She uses the term glup shitto. Now, Obviously, I also want to preface this conversation does have a fair amount of swearing in, but, you know, fairly standard for certain episodes of genuine chit chat. So if you are uh, a bit of a prude when it comes to cursing or if you're listening around kids, you may want to skip this one because there's a lot of it. But um, glup shitto, that is a term used to describe a character that's not in the mainstream that then normally comes onto mainstream and lots of people are very happy about it or just a character that's very much appreciated in the underground air quotes element of uh, Star Wars. So character that show up in the comics or the books first and then may or may not appear on live action characters like Cobb Vanth who was first in the Aftermath trilogy things like that so just in case anyone who are listening was not aware of that term because it gets used quite a lot but aside from that my friends just thank you so much for listening as always make sure you share on social media you tell Claudia about this conversation all sorts of other things but I appreciate you all listening here is the conversation and I'll be back at the end to give you a bit more information on what's to come in part two and a few other bits and pieces so thank you as always and I introduce to you Claudia of Rue Palps Podrace Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. There we are. We are live. We're not live. We're recording on, on air, I should have said, because live makes it sound like suddenly it's all pressure and it's like, <laughs> can't say anything stupid. Um, but I am joined today with one of five members of Rue Palps Pod Race and also one of two members of mine, correct, in a mystery spotcast, and that is Claudia. Please introduce yourself to my listeners. Tell them all about yourself. 
So hi, I'm Claudia. Um, my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia Says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A Says. Um, I have two podcasts. Um, the first one, if you are a fan of Star Wars, you might know. It's called Rupalp's Pod Race. Um, we are a queer podcast. We are five people, which is a lot for a podcast. Um, we're a podcast that started um, because of a joke. <laughs> Um, a year ago, like we all basically we all know each other from Star Wars TikTok. Um, the Star Wars creator to the Star Wars fan to creator to making a podcast pipeline is quite quick. Um, but we were fans, uh, we were friends on TikTok, and then like we had a Discord group chat with each other, and um. I was reading the I've been doing a, a canon run for a really long time and I was reading the Maul Son of Dathomir comic oh, brilliant. and um, Maul's one of my favorite characters 100%. and there's a part of that where like there's a ton of villains at one point that all talk to each other it's like Dooku, Grievous, Mother Talzin, uh, Palpatine they're like all in the same room and Maul and they're all in the same room and they're all being absolute bitches to each other and I, I we started making drag race jokes and we were like wow like <laughs> and we were just like the the we we're like the read that is happening in this one panel whatever and then we we then we we made a joke about um how RuPaul um owns land that he lets people frack on and then we were like RuPaul fracks on Mustafar and we thought that was the funniest joke we had ever made and then it basically devolved into we were like oh RuPaul's pod race like RuPaul and then and then I was like that'd be a funny name for a podcast wouldn't it (laughs) and then they were like (laughs) then they were like wait shit now we have to make a podcast and that was like That was like a week before the Bad Batch was coming out, like a week before May fourth. Wow! And they were gonna they were gonna drop two episodes that week. I think they did the, the May fourth. Yeah, they did May fourth, and then another one. And we were like, "Guess we'll throw together and start a podcast." <laughs> that is so good. Um, and yeah, a year later, um, we have interviewed two Star Wars authors. Two of our hosts are dating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, the domino effect is literally, I made a funny little joke about a Darth Maul comic, um, and now um, two of our hosts are dating. So, <laughs> you know, That's it's so very good. funny. Um, <laughs> the other one is that uh, one of our hosts, Ollie, and I, again, it was a joke, um, when... For those of you who may or may not know about the show Supernatural, um, is it a good show? No. Um, but I did continue watching it for a long time, and I experienced in real time, as many on the internet do, um, when Destiel became canon, when that was a thing, and the craziness that happened there. And the one-year anniversary came around, and people were talking about it, whatever. And I said to Ollie, my RuPaul's co-host, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we did a Supernatural podcast? And they were like... Okay, but maybe we should <laughs> for the anniversary of Destiel. And then we did. Um, and so we decided uh, they had stopped watching after a while, but we decided we were going to rewatch the entire show and explain it to people so that no one ever has to watch it. Um, <laughs> just don't like, because some people are like, I never watched it, but I, the internet knows about it. I'm like, you don't have to. We're, we will, we will hit ourselves over the head with a brick and, um, experience all this bs again and in order to entertain you guys so it's more listening to two people suffer and re-experience things that they experience as teenagers um 
in order, you know, and, and gleaning the plot from two people who are suffering. That's the that's the kind of thing. But um, yeah, most of my podcasts came out of making funny little jokes with my little internet friends. So <laughs> that's that a, a good reason as any to make a podcast. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, my thing is literally just my friends were telling me I talk too much and was asking too many questions about, like, we'd hang out on a Friday night. And, like, I've I've now, I worked out by speaking to all of them individually. The average is that I talk 70% of the time when with them, one-on-one. And I was like, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, no, it's good. That's how we like it. Because I'm friends with loads of introverts. <laughs> so I'm like, me and my friend are the, two of the only extroverts always, you know, willing to talk to people and stuff. And there'd be Friday nights. So and me and two of my friends would be like, oh, let's talk about something, you know, what do you guys think happens when you die? And what all this stuff. And, and then my other like four or five friends were like, we don't want to talk about those things. That's very <laughs> serious stuff. We just want to play board games and play like Exploding Kittens and Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. We don't want to have to, obviously during <laughs> D&D, you can't talk about you know, existential yeah. questions. But, and they were like, when you, you know, I'd, I'd made content for a while. I did YouTube stuff for a while. I made music videos for a while. And, and then that kind of came about. And I was doing genuine chit chat, spoke to some friends of mine. They were like, you uh, podcast of friends. And they were like, you know a lot about Star Wars. I was like, yeah, I, I, I've kind of gone on a thing where I'm trying to consume like all canon content, basically. I'm trying my best. I've watched all the shows, and at this point, I was like, I'm starting to get into the comics, going to try and read all them. And they're like, we're starting to do shows on our... We're going to become a network instead of just a standard show. Do you want to do a Star Wars show? And I was like, what on? And they're like, we well, know a lot about the comics. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then the network's called Comics Emotion. I was like, okay. And then years later, like two years later I think now I now own physically every single canon comic in Star Wars Whoa. and I have Marvel Unlimited as well so it's just me being like yeah, over there in the corner and not, it's actually not as many as you'd think yeah. there's quite a lot I've, I've most of them are single issues as a few trade paperbacks yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like they only fit in two they fit in basically one and a half comic book bins the, the kind of long where they're about three times the width of that they're about a meter yeah. and a bit long so it's not that many and I started I was like I'm going to read loads of Marvel comics as well Marvel Limited. and it was like I'm going to start with Venom and I'm trying to read every Venom comic and you're oh like this, my God. this is one this is like a side character my favourite character in Marvel was like my side character in Spider-Man yeah, and I was like why don't I read a few Spider-Man stories oh Spider-Man 900 and now it's on like a thousand and you're like Let's stick with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Star Wars though, it once you go to what it, it does start to expand, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm never gonna catch up. Am yeah. I? <laughs> um, I no, I was very close to finishing. I've been doing a canon run for a bit. I was very close to finishing. I did it in chronological order, so I was like almost. But I had like a couple books to go. Like I finally got through all the all the canon comics and like got to the current, and then I got to like the sequels and then the high republic came out <laughs> and i was like that's fine i'm gonna keep trucking i have only a little bit left whatever and then everybody was having a good time it was you know the meme that with spongebob looking out the with the squidward looking out the window at spongebob playing that was me i was sitting there like i gotta finish i gotta finish all the all the marvel comics and everyone else is like i'm having fun in the high republic <laughs> claudia why are you not reading the high republic and i was like i'll get there i promise i have to finish this era before i go backwards and then i was like fine i can't wait i can't wait any longer so i had to stop go back, do all of the High Republic, be caught up, then come back, and now I'll continue. And now I still only have a couple books left. And I'm just like, 
It's never ending. I'm never going to get there. It's one of those weird things as a Star Wars fan who's trying to read so much content. Whenever I get yeah. a new book announced, I'm like, like when Shadows of the Sith came out, I think this week, and it was like, yay, oh, I'm, I'm, and I, like, I I'm, can't do this. At the same time, it's like, I'm still, like, I'm I'm almost 100% caught up on the High Republic. I'm about halfway through Mission to Disaster. I haven't oh. read any of Midnight Horizon. I know that's offensive <gasps> to say to you and all the Rube Halps. No, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just excited for you. It's, First time I, Midnight Horizon. Yeah, I know. I'm listening to a few of your podcasts and I keep hearing you guys talk about it. It's like, I need, like Daniel Jose, I mean, all the hyper It is our are Joker. Amazing, but whenever it comes out, it's like, you always talk about, I'm like, I need to skip yeah. little bits. I don't want it to get spoiled, but I should have read it by now. And I'm like, we're, we're very terrible about spoilers. It's fine. No, it's, it's I, as soon as the word comes up in the horizon, I'm like, okay, skip, 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 skip. Then it's like, uh, Comac Vitus. Oh, skip, 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 skip. <laughs> to be fair, we mentioned Comac Vitus. I, I noticed it was the last one. Episode. It was like the Obi Wan Kenobi. And it was like the episode five where you guys were talking. And then it just came up and I was like, <laughs> and you're like oh yeah wouldn't it be what of your guys say was like a, oh my fantasy would be Comic Vitus comes in and starts you know makes out with Obi-Wan or something and like they live with Owen or something and I was like how did this I was like I was listening Comic like, Vitus in the world was... between worlds <laughs> that was it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it, that's that, that's a small snippet of what it's like to be in our group chat he just comes up he's just he's just around he's just our little guy <laughs> And I love um, it. on your show how you at the start when you say about um the it was the, the gender I'm feeling and it's yeah. like how please tell tell people a few things like that because I thought that was such a fun way when I got into your show and I started listening I was like that was such a fun intro into it yeah so three of our three of our hosts are trans and non-binary um I'm one of the few cis hosts um <laughs> but um we started making a joke of like what's your Star Wars gender of the day um which is like a little gay people thing where you like make random shit your gender um and so we will just pick some random star wars thing and sometimes it's related to like what we were going to talk about and sometimes it's not i like to make mine on theme other people they'll just pick something um and it's always one time ollie picked one that was so was very explicit and we bleeped it out on purpose uh because it was funny um it's, sometimes it's it's truly just whatever little glup shit somebody has coming across or like some meme that they saw or some just absolutely weird shit that was in their brain. I don't even... Mine was actually sent to me this past week. I think it was... Um, and I think it was the artist formerly known as Anakin Skywalker <laughs> um, was mine. But I've had some pretty crazy ones. And we also... A fun fact for the Rupalps listeners is that um, many of us forget to, to think of a gender before we uh, record. So one of us will be like, did you think of a gender? And then one of us will be like, ah, shit, I gotta think of something. <laughs> and that's usually me. Um, <laughs> and so I have thought it up on the spot. And also a lot of times because we all talk to each other a lot, um, Mel and Ollie are dating. Um, we all talk to each other a lot in general. Um, sometimes we'll steal each other's gender or like it'll be really similar. So one of us will be like, oh, my gender this week is whatever. And the other person will be like, fuck, you stole mine. Now I got to think of another one in like three seconds. <laughs> and you think like that's impossible. Like you, you're thinking of random little memes. It happens constantly. Um, well, especially if you're good for so long now. And it's like yeah. sometimes getting harder for five of you as well trying to think of them. Well, it is because we are a hive mind at this point. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking to all five of us at once right now. <laughs> um, that's what our Twitter account is like. Um, sometimes you, you can very much tell it's me, though. <laughs> <laughs> when I told my partner that I was going to be speaking with you, um, she was like, 
well, all five of them. I was like, no, no it's just going to be Claudia. Don't worry. I was like, you know, speaking of five, like being in a podcast with five people, it must be challenging in its own right. And obviously you're telling me before recording, it's like, you know, thank God for the edits and just being yeah. able to get through that. Because like with me, Shout it's out just- to Mel, our editor who edits out half the show because we won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. We're going on tangents and stuff. Oh my God. We're absolutely horrible and terrible. And we're usually recording late at night. So people, they have a bit of their last brain cell. Um, Mel is ruthless with the cuts and we thank them for that. (laughs) (laughs) So. I mean, speaking of Star Wars, like obviously we should just dive right in. So I'll ask you one of the questions I like to ask people whenever I talk about Star Wars, which is what is Star Wars to you? You can type that however you want and just say whatever kind of comes to mind with that question. For me, um, I know this has been the hot take on Twitter, but Star Wars is political for me. Star Wars is politics, and specifically Star Wars is a story about um, anti-fascism. That is that is the story. It's anti-fascism, and you sprinkle in a little bit of magic. And it, actually, it's anti-fascism with camp. Because um, <laughs> Star Wars is stupid. It's yep. dumb, and it's cheesy, and it's camp. Um but it also has this large message of anti-fascism. Um, you can get into how effective it is, et cetera, et cetera. But also of like militant anti-fascism. Like sometimes it gets watered down a little bit. Uh, but you're like, yeah, those rebels, they got guns. Like, <laughs> um, and for me, like, that's how I like to approach it, both in a fun way and also in a, like a, in a, in a, just a very personal way. Um, both like because of like my personal family history and also just because of like what has always interested me about it. Um, I I was a kid who didn't have any friends as a kid, but um, and I liked Star Wars when I was a kid, um, but I also was quite politically active as a child. I had NPR parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're not American. You may not know what that means, um, but they're like liberal parents that all they listen to is is npr and um so i knew far too much about national politics at the age when kind of the prequels were coming out and i was i was deeply invested um in in national i also grew up in dc um and around the dc area and i knew far more about politics than most of the kids my age um and then i watched the star wars prequels which are a commentary in the bush administration (laughs) and um even though people will argue with you that they are not, they are. Um, and um, I was like, I've decided to make this my entire personality. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my favorite parts of the Clone Wars are the parts that everybody else hates, which are like the political parts. Um, you know, I just, I personally think that I'm like, it, that's that's the most interesting part to me. Um I also like the magic because I just like fantasy and that kind of thing. I often say like it's hard for me sometimes to get into stories that are very like pew the very pew pew kind of story. I, that's so descriptive, but the very pew pew kind of stories in Star Wars because I'm like I could get that in any science fiction, and there's other science fiction that I quite like and I I go to, um, but I am here for specifically the magic and the force and that kind of thing. And there is the there is the philosophy element. Um, and the, I, I, I described it, I, I used to work in news, I thank God don't anymore, but I worked in news for 
I mean, it's been troubling for a bit, but quite a troubling time. And um, I was like, why do I consume Star Wars, which is about constant cyclical tragedy and death? Um, Then it just shows it to you over and over and over again. Um, When my job is seeing that on a firsthand every day. And I think the reason was that, you know, it was kind of that hope thing. And it was kind of that, like people who choose to do the right thing any anyway every all the time there's a quote from Qui-Gon Master and Apprentice that I was thinking about it's not like it's an original idea to Star Wars let, let's be clear um but it's that kind of thing of like I don't what his quote is like I don't he's it's like I don't choose the I don't choose the light because it's like the right thing to do he's like I don't choose the light because I think I'm gonna win it's because it's like the right thing to do over and over and I'm like that that is what Star Wars means to me um you know that's what I think the best stories in Star Wars are um and I just I just like camp also I think Star Wars is dumb and I think life is hard and I like when stories are funny and stupid um (laughs) so um, hashtag geode literally geode is it the greatest example of this yes. stupid bullshit that they have in Star Wars. they're like why is the milk blue just because <laughs> yeah. it is yeah and they keep playing like lego star wars and stuff like you get the little yeah. figure of luke drinking yeah. blue milk and it's such it's like a cultural thing now like yeah. galaxy's edge and other places people know and want to drink blue milk it's like what do they do that well, they put food coloring in milk when he's yeah. drinking in the desert it's like genius <laughs> yeah you're just like um you know, and you're like why is it like and and that's how george also kind of made it like they when they asked him like oh why is this or that he's like i don't know i just think it looks cool like <laughs> or like with uh with darth maul he was like dave Filoni was like why do you want to bring him back and he's like i don't know i just think he's cool and dave Filoni's like i have to figure out how to bring him back and he's like i don't know bring bring darth maul back figure it out figure out how you're gonna do it whatever and it's like it's it's just stupid it's dumb and every part like he was like yeah you know there's literally a, a video of him being like yeah like the the good guys they had the blue and the green lightsabers and the bad guys they have the red lightsabers and samuel jackson is like can i have a purple one he's like yeah fuck it sure (laughs) (laughs) star wars is fucking stupid that's why it's funny to me when people take it so seriously i mean i take it seriously in like a critical way and and whatever but when people take it so seriously in other ways i'm like it's dumb (laughs) like um i just like things that are silly um that make me cry sometimes that's <laughs> um it is it is brilliant and what like one of the things i love about it is you're completely right in all of those things like it is so silly and it is so yeah. fun and like there's certain parts of star wars obviously i think you and i grew up as you said with that story we grew up with the prequels so i yeah. for me my earliest memories are i remember the original trilogy but jar jar's always been creeping in there so because yeah. the phantom menace came yeah. out and i was like five so it's like i've always had the prequel trilogy hugely connected with the main Star Wars. So for me, it's always been even more silly than maybe people who grew up with it when the original trilogy came out because we we started with Jar Jar, like our generation. So it's like, from there, Star Wars gets a lot less silly. But when your ground zero is that, it's like... I mean, it's silly in the original... Like, Yoda is a green puppet. Oh, yeah. And he's hitting R2 with his stick and stuff. And he's like like, talking... uh, It's bad. He's a green puppet who's introduced, like, beating a robot with a stick. Like, and like in the era when the Muppets were popular, and there's like, th- you have like the Ewoks, you have like literally teddy bears riding around, and then you have, <laughs> what is Max Rebo? I don't know what that thing is. Like, <laughs> like, like a bubblegum <laughs> elephant. <laughs> literally, there's like a blue elephant, like the job of the hut. He was like, what if he just had a large slug? Like, 
And the salacious crumb, the monkey, quacky yeah. monkey lizard, and it's just a cackling thing. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> it's always been stupid. Like, and you're like, and it's valid for that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, and with the prequels, it's interesting with the prequels because people are like, oh, they try to make it more serious or whatever. And I'm like, no, it was just camp, except for that he had tons of money. That's, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I, I was just talking with somebody where I was like, I think that's why there was such initial, like, backlash to the prequels was that star wars was always very like campy and very much like other 80s movies and then it brought like the prestige and the like big budget of like the early 2000s big budget movies and it was actually a part of creating that whole genre i love talking actually about the history of uh, the history of film in the early 2000s it's quite cool to me um just quick and fun fact if you look at films that came out in the year 2001 you Crazy year in in the world, but also crazy year in film, uh, because the number of things established in that year is bonkers crazy. But I can't. I'll get into that um, later. But um, what's crazy about it is that like it has the same amount of like stupid shit and camp and whatever. But because it has such a large budget, people expected something different from it, even though it's the same same bullshit. And I think that just didn't click in people's minds who had grown up with the campy bullshit. Um, and had romanticized it a certain way. And for us, like, I mean, now you have Marvel movies, which have more money than God, but also are campy <laughs> bullshit. So, like, for us, it's normal. Um, and the the big budgets and the really good graphics and whatever is normal. And they became normal because of the prequels. Like, he was, I believe, one of the first... It's one of the first uh, movie. It is one of the first movies to... Um, he did it in widescreen, right? Mm. I was thinking. Um, I thought you were going to say. I don't know about that. I think Phantom Menace. Jar 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 was the, one of the first CGI, fully CGI character in a real live action thing that was a central yeah, character. That but was I don't know uh, about the motion capture. Thing. Yeah, actually, this is a quick plug for a podcast that I love. So mm-hmm. there's this podcast. There's I don't know if you know the comedian Nicole Byer. She yes. has a podcast with another comedian, Lauren Lapkus, called Newcomers, where they're two female comedians who they haven't seen some nerdy shit and they started with star wars and then they did lord of the rings and now they're doing the marvel movies they're megan's doing gonna stuff. love that sorry to interject because she does she hosts nailed it doesn't she so this one yeah, yeah yeah she's amazing so anytime we see her in anything so megan's gonna freak no she does a podcast oh, about nerdy stuff yeah well and Newcomers. she's a great she's a great podcaster in general um but basically they're like they've hung out around like nerdy comedians forever who've said stuff about star wars and they they had never seen it so they decided okay we're gonna watch it um as adults and then give commentary on it and then like bring on our comedian friends who um you know have things to say about it and one of their episodes it's actually one of their last ones because they had gone through all the movies um they did an episode about space balls actually oh wow and they had Ahmed best himself on as the guest that is incredible he told some stories about the production and about like how he got onto the movie and what the experience was like and like how he helped basically create the him and he was he talks about like him and george like they helped create how motion capture works today he even says like i know andy circus loves to whatever but jar jar did come first and it's it's incredibly interesting if you're just interested in like the history of film or whatever is uh go listen to the Ahmed best episode of newcomers it is one of my favorite uh interviews about star wars also Ahmed best is amazing um yes. i hope he gets to be like in the mcu like as his actual face or something yeah. like i i would not wish coming back to star wars on my worst enemy um but i hope he gets to be in something with his face or whatever but yeah um i love nicole Byer. i think she's the greatest and um 
it's just it's the coolest explanation of the prequels and then after i listened to that my partner is a really big twilight fan you don't have time to get all into all that but <laughs> i i said i was like because jar jar is basically jar jar is the filmmaking birth of a lot of motion capture uh or motion capture of like an entirely cgi character in a in a film and then Gollum. um pretty much every um every character after that that's like that is is influenced by jar jar like the werewolves in twilight they can only exist because of jar jar binks <laughs> and when you tell That's people a hot that take, but to be fair it makes true. sense <laughs> like i'm like you cannot have benedict cumberbatch in the desolation of smoke you cannot have that without jar jar binks <laughs> just think about that just just let it just let it you cannot have avengers endgame without <laughs> i'm just saying god like, you're making a lot of people unhappy but i completely agree with you it makes perfect sense <laughs> i mean and it's not it is not a med best's fault or even the all the industrial light and films people's fault no. that george decided yeah this is the character that i'm gonna go with <laughs> um <laughs> they could have done literally anything else they could but they didn't yeah um. <laughs> george lucas had some great ideas but i always say the biggest fault of the prequels is not having someone there just to soften his edges a bit be like, like george, his ex-wife just question it. yeah exactly the one who literally is is like behind the scenes like seriously affecting how star wars yeah. came out she is a massive reason why star wars the original trilogy is the way it is and yeah. there are so many things she was like you you can't do that and edit. didn't she re-edit like yeah. one of the films like basically completely yeah like He's a really good producer, like, and that's also why the Clone Wars is really good, because, like, he would think of the ideas, or some of the ideas at least, or they would think of the ideas and they would bring them to him, and he'd be like, what if you did this? What if you mm. did that? Um, and that, you know, a lot of stuff was, like, stuff directly from George, and then Dave Filoni was his apprentice, and so, like, yeah, like, the Darth Maul story is another one that I really like, because it's, like, him being like, I want to bring back Darth Maul, and that's, like, an objectively stupid idea, <laughs> yes. but then he's like, I want to do that, whatever, and then someone else goes... Okay, so how are we going to make that make sense? Um, are you sure? Let's <laughs> let's think about that one. And let's and Dave Filoni's like, "Okay, you're the idea, man. I will make it happen." Cuz um, you know, he he just he throws ideas at the wall and some of them I'm like, "Yeah, you need somebody else to really flesh that one out." Um, <laughs> yeah, 100%. You, you so, can really feel it. That, that's the problem and it's just like, you know, even of the three films, I know some people are more critical of Return of the Jedi, but A New yeah. Hope, I think, has of the trilogy has is probably my least favorite, especially dialogue wise and certain things yeah. like that. And even Mark Hamill, he said in one of the interviews, he says it very fast in the interview, but it's something like when they were going towards the Death Star, he had this whole line that George was trying to get him to say, and he was like, "I, I can't say this. This is yeah." And apparently, Christian Harrison Ford was also refusing too. it as well. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's mad. Like a lot of the issues of Star Wars, a lot of the best parts of Star Wars come from George, but also a lot of the worst parts do as well. And it's the yeah. weird thing about some of the fandom menace complaining. It's like. You do remember the prequels. Like, I love them. I, I love the prequels dearly. Friend of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie, unashamedly. But they... And I love the trilogy. But it, it has a lot of dialogue problems. And a it's lot of weird. things where Padme was like, oh, she's a cool, such a cool character, Attack of the Clones. And then a bit iffy in parts. And then Revenge of the Sith. Like, let's just completely wipe her character. It's like, it's like what okay. happened here? Um, <laughs> what occurred here? Um, and there's very... There's very I'm like... In, like, The Phantom Menace, for example, I'm always just, like, you could have told this story perfectly fine without creating 
three new racist caricatures. Like you could have, <laughs> you put, how'd you get three in there, my guy? Like, wh- like what's, what's, how did you, how did you do that? That's like, um, like, it's it is funny because uh people always say like empire is their favorite movie or they think it's the best star wars movie i'm like yeah because it's the first one he didn't write (laughs) (laughs) i'm like yeah he directed it he didn't write it it shows like um we actually we often talk about like that difference between who's directing and who's writing and obviously nowadays it's like a very different landscape of how film and tv and stuff are made um and and all that kind of stuff um it, the Obi-Wan Kenobi is a really good example because, like, Deborah Cho, like, a lot of it is her baby, even though there is also a writer. Yeah. Um, but, like, the Book of Boba Fett was the biggest one that, like, we've talked about on Roop Helps of, like, a, of a big example of that where we were, like, I really like John Favreau's work, um, but I don't – I think he's a much stronger director or a producer than he is a writer, and you could really tell that in the Book of Boba Fett. Like, I didn't blame the direction at all. A lot of people were really hateful to Robert Rodriguez or whatever. It's like, I didn't blame the direction at all, whatever. And I was like, the problems in that show were writing. Hmm. Writing. So much in writing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and the best episodes were completely, completely separate. It was like, you know, yeah. spoilers. Anyone for listening should have listened, watched Book of Boba Fett. We did a whole discussion show on it. But I was like, I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. I'm probably not going to really rush to rewatch it. But then you're like, oh, the two best parts literally don't even have him in it. And you're like, how did you That's... write this? What did you just make Book of Boba Fett? And then before Series 3 of Mando comes out, bring out like a Mando special, like a Mando movie special only on Disney Plus that's two hours long. And yeah. tease it in the end of Book of Boba Fett. Or even. Well, have Mando in it and you could string it in but it was like I mean I loved those episodes but yeah no they, it, it and they totally they could have done those like they could have had Din come in at the end of the Book of Boba Fett and been like hey guys what's up and like he has a new ship and whatever and everyone's like what's all that and then in season three you come in and you you find out why like you didn't need all that you didn't no. we talked about on Roof House we talked about how like I wish the Mandalorian was almost like the Mandalorians which they don't make TV like this anymore, kind of like the Clone Wars where there's a lot of episodes and you have arcs. But like the Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett could have just been like one arc because it's about Mandalorians. He's a different kind of Mandalorian. It could have just been one arc of the show, yeah. which it ties into the show. It could have just been one one arc of the show that already exists. And then, you know, when we inevitably cease to be in Ren, that could have been a part of the show. Like and the whole Bo-Katan thing. Yeah. Like what's Bo-Katan of, like, been up to? Yeah, I'm like... Instead, they're going to make them all different TV shows. I'm like, and for what? Mm, and for what? Like, uh, if we get into that, I'll, I'll make myself angry. <laughs> but I agree completely. It, all the points. Like, it's one of those things with Star Wars where I think and one of the reasons I like Rupouts and it's one of the reasons I've collaborated with other individuals I like about Star Wars and have them on the show is, you know, we all love Star Wars for different reasons and different ways. But the main thing that is important is that we respect each other's different opinions and that we, you know, when they're sane. Uh, and then, you know, basically when they're not horrendously racist or awful to the actors or actresses or people involved with creating Star Wars, that's just unforgivable, basically unforgivable. But aside from that part is just people having different opinions and enjoying different parts, but also being able to be like, these elements didn't work because X, Y, Z. Like not, yeah. we hate you, John Favreau, because he's amazing and does loads of cool yeah. stuff. It's more like you have done these great things, but there's other elements you need improvement on. And it's like Dave yeah. Filoni, like, love Dave Filoni. Clone Wars, series two to seven, brilliant. Great. Clone Wars series one isn't great. It's got about seven or eight episodes I think are, are really cool, but the yeah. rest of it's a bit weak. But the movie is pretty bad, in my opinion. See, I like the movie. I'm not, but I love Ahsoka. The, but, but also the movie 
The movie is also a lot of George. Yeah, it is a lot of George, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of you George. Can feel it. It's like his last little try, and you're like, "This is George now." Too prequely. It's it's the it's the it's the humor. I think my friend Scott he described it once when we were talking about uh, when we did a whole thing about all the Star Wars movies and we were talking about them. And he said the difference is with it's humor and trying to be funny. And in yeah. the original trilogy, it's very much humor. The Matt. Uh, Han Solo says things that are humorous. They're not yeah. laugh out loud chuckling necessarily, but they they are humorous. With prequels, it's like, here's Jar Jar, and then this creature thing farting in front of him, and him blowing his nose. And you're like, that's not humor, that's and a joke failing. And slimy, uh, slimy, stinky. Uh, I can't remember Jabba's actual son's name, but that in yeah. the Clone Wars, it was very much this comic relief kept farting and things. And you're like, these bits Why? don't need to be in it. Well, I I'd see... What's interesting about that also is like that movie was going to be in theaters, but then the rest of the show was Cartoon Network. And when you get into the history, I love I love the history of filmmaking and specifically the history of animation. And what's interesting about like that, the DNA of the history of Cartoon Network is so felt in the Clone Wars because Cartoon Network and they're kind of dealing with this now as CN Studios and WB Animation becomes like the engine of, of like all family entertainment for HBO Max, it's like a whole thing. Shout out to the Warner Discovery merger. I love talking about um, the, the business of Hollywood. Um, but basically, like, Cartoon Network's whole DNA was always, we are about boys 6 to 11. So there's so many things in the Clone Wars where you're like, they showed somebody get decapitated. But also <laughs> they're like, oh, now we're going to do some weird. Now we're going to do some one random episode where we're like, yeah, Ahsoka definitely wants to kiss Lux Monterra in the mouth. And you're like, and where did this come from? <laughs> literally no one believes this at all <laughs> like and you're like oh why like there, there's certain things and you're there's there's and and like silly jokes and stuff like that and that's a problem that animators talk about a lot when they're like they're trying to make things that are maybe more mature but like maybe more story driven or that kind of thing and then they're on a network that's like it's got to be for kids and you're like okay it still can be for kids without they're like being a fart joke every every 10 seconds and you can see that tension sometimes in those longer shows um and the clone wars i always feel like is such a cool analysis because it's gone across three networks um and also even when it was just on on cartoon network like you see not only the change in animation but also the change in style and all that kind of stuff um it's very interesting to me it's very interesting i always wonder like what was the corporate climate at cartoon network what were the things that they wanted um one of my favorite things i know about cartoon network is um one of my favorite show Cartoon Network shows is Infinity Train. Um, after the third season, the fourth season became an HBO Max original because that was when HBO Max came out. It got totally screwed over by the switch to streaming. Everyone go stand Infinity Train. It is one of the best shows ever made. Um, but they have some quite graphic shit in that show, even though it's for kids, technically. Um, and there is a character who does get murdered quite graphically. Um, and someone asked like how are you able to show that on cartoon network and they basically were like yeah well the notes we were given was well is the character human and they said no and they were like okay then it's fine wow <laughs> so that's the rule um or at least it was <laughs> the character wasn't human so uh i will not give spoilers because infinity Tra infinity train is one of those shows where i'm like i don't even want to explain what it's about you just got to go in blind um but yeah i feel like a lot of the clone wars is a lot like that too where you're like people are like oh yeah like uh you know i'm like yeah they had a whole episode that was about like where they were like yeah ahsoka's dressing up as a sex slave you're like what the f this is a cartoon <laughs> network jesus christ <laughs> what is this like it you're like oh my god like it, there's some of it like 
that whole arc, I'm like, they really allowed that on the air. Um, but it's full uh, of war crimes. It's literally it's the Clone Wars. You go, okay, it's war, but it's like like filled with literal war crimes. They talk about yeah, genocide, like, all kinds of stuff, slavery, bombing villages, and things. You're like, holy this, shit! This is what's happening. So it's the first season where they're like, count like, and it is wild to me because I'm like, I used to be a big, really big Count Dooku defender, but then like the first season with Count Dooku, they're like. So he's creating a weapon of mass destruction, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you're like, here's graphics from, like, an N64, but D- Dooku is is creating a weapon of mass destruction. You're like, what the fuck? Um, it's, it's, just, it's just interesting to me uh, always, like, what – I always wonder, like, what was the influence? Um, and to me, I mean, I feel that the same way as, like, the – the way that the industry is, how much it affects the storytelling, you can see it in so many parts of Star Wars. You can see it all the time. I mean, p- many people have talked about how that might affect the sequels, but also in the in the current TV shows and that kind of thing. And I always like to take that into account, both because I think it's interesting and also because I'm like, okay, let's maybe lower our expectations <laughs> or, or make our expectations higher because we're like, hey, like this is what other parts of the industry are doing or these are parts that have changed or haven't changed um i could get into the history of animation forever though <laughs> i mean animation is a very intriguing thing i mean especially stop motion i love stop motion so yeah. much um which obviously star wars hasn't really delved into apart from yeah. smidges in the original trilogy with a lot of it on hoth and things like that which i yeah. really enjoy um but it's what you say about star wars is interesting because i think I was talking to my friend about this who thanked me, uh, my friend Tonya Todd, shout out to her. Um, she thanked me because I pushed her to go into, to watch Clone Wars and I warned, you know, the movie's not amazing and the first series is not amazing either, but when you get mainly series three, four-ish, yeah. it gets really, really good, but I can't tell you why. You know, it's obviously people listening now will know more because yeah. it's everywhere and we've obviously discussed it things it's for me is more there's a lot of other cool stuff yeah but once more gets into it it goes from being oh this is a show for as you say you know young kids young boys to this is kind of a show for teenagers when it's not like yeah. you watch a bit where darth maul literally rammed into um a miriel and it's one of the twins uh yeah. you know the first twin gets killed by a clone whose chip goes off and you're like that's brutal just being murdered yeah. in cold blood by your own soldiers and it gets all covered up by the government and then you're like okay and then darth maul rams the sister into a wall with his horns and is like yeah gutting I her god about that and you're no, like, was this... it savage who does that it might be savage yeah but him and maul are doing that thing where they're just murdering people and savage killed like... a lot like the, the and especially the stuff with the clones is is quite graphic and you're oh, like yeah. whoa like and i'm i'm actually a i'm actually a like first couple seasons of clone wars defender because That's i fair. think there's there's some there's some things in the first season like the first couple seasons that like everyone always remembers like the domino squad stuff yeah. and like they're like that's quite important to characterization and like you don't really remember it because it's not like the big arcs whatever but then you go back and you're like like, the thing I always remember, I think is in, like, the first arc or the second one. It's the one with Plo Koon and being like, no, I would never leave you guys behind or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, it's in, that's like, so, that's why when people are like, oh, I'm going to skip around. I'm like, don't, please don't skip around. Because I'm like, it. There are, there, are, there are pieces that are very memorable and very important in all of it. Do I think that there's the stuff, stuff that's better later? Yes. Um, but, like there's some early arcs that i'm like oh this this is quite the banger i when the mandalorian season two finished airing um so i was in a i was in a discord for mandalorian fans um 
we don't have time to get into all, all that. Um, you know, it's uh, he's my special boy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was on Discord for Mandalorian fans, and there were a lot of new Star Wars fans in there, or people who were just fans of the Mandalorian, and there were some people who like never seen the movies before. So I was like, all right, let's get on a Discord call and let's like. Um, Disney Plus had the new watch party feature and I was like, let's watch all the movies. And we did. And I had like a dedicated group of like three friends that we did. And then we finished it and The Bad Batch was going to come out later in the year. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we just like watched all of the Clone Wars and Rebels? And they were like, fuck it, let's do it. And so I took them through about 40 years of Star Wars <laughs> in like less than a year. Amazing. Um, yeah, it took almost a while to get through Rebels um, because then the Bad Batch was coming out whenever we were we were trying to get around whatever. But I got them all the way caught up, and they were like, I made them a guide. So like, I had the, I had all kinds of watch guides. There's one that I really like that kind of groups things by arc, and I kind of made them a non spoilery kind of guide, and it, it had little jokes in it. And um, I realized how many of the early earlier arcs that I was like, oh, this one's a banger, and this one's a banger. Okay, I forgot this one this is kind of a banger too of this one this one's another jar jar arc i'm so sorry um, <laughs> three but... jar jar. let's just you have to watch it though there's fairly important things but the tools yeah. pops up at some point but i can't tell you that yet but that's only in the later one where he yeah. starts kind of making out with a platypus woman and mace windows just there. yeah <laughs> mace Come window. On, that. i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for that but like <laughs> yeah and then they now they're now one of them is like reading the Thrawn books and like and then I was like oh I've created monsters I've <laughs> created I've created monsters uh, but yeah I like when doing that I realized like oh man there's some early shit in the Clone Wars that's oops all bangers Lair of Grievous the Lair of Grievous episode because I, I say to people that's with series true. one I say the, the thing I always say with people with st- season one and this is I find as a Star Wars fan you almost have to keep apologizing because yeah. the prequels the worst Star Wars films almost objectively The Phantom Menace although I enjoy it I would argue yeah. that or maybe Rise of Skywalker for completely different reasons but yeah. I think if you watch Rise of Skywalker you're more likely to like it as a standard fan than Phantom Phantom Menace is a lot more jarring and it's like when you are like, okay, someone's getting to Star Wars, do you start with Phantom Menace or New Hope? I say Phantom Menace, but that can turn people completely I off. I say New Hope. Uh, fair enough. And that's, that's a whole conversation. But we have Clone Wars with people who are like, oh, should I watch the movie? And it's like, you have to watch the movie and then several episodes that are not amazing, but of Clone Wars. I know there's the episode five rookies, I always say, is top tier. Um, yeah. I can't remember if that's... And I know the Domino Squad stuff is great. And then Lair of Grievous is amazing. But yeah. then until the Ryloth arc, there's a few in the middle and it just... They, the problem is they feel very episodic, but not in a way that's like substantial, like the later ones are. It yeah. kind of is a bit more. Here's just yeah. for, it's for, I find for newcomers, it's harder for them if you just like oh, I recommend the show and they're not fully into it. It's yeah. harder to get one episode that's like holy shit. Because for me in Star Wars, I was like Clone Wars is great, Clone Wars is good. There's lots of good episodes. As soon as Darth Maul came into it. I was like, this is one of the best things he's I've my, ever seen. He's my special boy. He's oh, my yes. special little boy. And Actually, I'm a Rebel Stan as well. So. I, I said to my friends, oh, I can't, but, but I, I said to my friends, I was like, there's, there's oops all bangers in the early, in the early seasons, but there is a point, I believe at the end of season three or mm. the beginning of season four, where I call it foot on the gas, yes. where they just kind of put the foot on the gas and they never let it go. And you're like, ah, I want to slow down <laughs> after that. And, uh, there's a, they take it off a little bit and then like halfway through season five, you're like, whoa, I want to slow down again. <laughs> um, and you're like, I wasn't prepared for this. 
I was not prepared. And they're like, hi, we're going to Dathomir. Hi, we're doing that. And you're like, holy shit. I think it's like, it starts with the Dathomir arc. You're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> um, that's my favorite. Because um, Ventress is my favorite. Ventress um, is the, one of the greatest characters. And the fact, and this can be slightly spoiler territory because I have to say it. Her and Dr. Disciple. Dr. Disciple is an incredible canon book. And as far as Ventress, I feel like, although her entire story is incredible, got robbed she oh. needed to live I wanted to see her popping up in everything I want her and Quinlan Vos dream team to be in everything ever and when the his name dropped in Kenobi I was like scream I I I jumped out of my I I became a person I wasn't proud of when they mentioned him <laughs> I, I jumped out of my chair I was like this is my joker because i had friends so we have this thing uh we have a discord for some of my friends from tiktok who like star wars and we have this thing we call it um we do a cameo pool for every show that comes out (laughs) where we try to guess who's gonna show up we started with the book of boba fett and i won um but they they were like oh claudia you won because you just guessed a lot of people and i was like i know i was very specific in my choices and you guys just you guys were just having a little laugh i was thinking it ahead and (laughs) They were like, okay, because Claudia won last time because she did too many, everyone's limited to only 10 characters. And we have rules. So the categories were um, a, an actual appearance. And by actual appearance, that means it could also be in like a flashback or a dream or a force vision or whatever. But like the person appears on the screen somehow. Um, a mention is the second category. And then the third category was like an indirect reference or like an Easter egg. Um and a lot of people put Quinlan Voss in at least one of those. And I was like, he's not going to show up. I was like, listen, this is not a Dave project. And that's one of Dave's little guys. He's not going to show up. He's not. He's not going to show up. And then they mentioned him. And I was like, I'm a clown. I'm the Hong Kong. Let me put on the clown nose. I'm, I'm a clown. Like, But I also won because I... I also did not think that Leia was going to show. Well, I, I didn't think that Leia was going to show up. I thought she'd be mentioned, but I didn't think she would show up. So I was like, I, I'm the clown. I guess I got to put on the clown nose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect her either to come up. I was like, when, when it happened, I was like, when we, everyone was f- trying to think about, you know, what's going on with Kenobi? Is he going to get kidnapped? Is that how he's getting off yeah. Tatooine? When, when, the sc- when the trailer came out, and especially the screenshots, it was like, okay, Hayden Christensen is going to be yeah. there. Okay, fair enough. And then also when in the press and stuff, they're like, Vader and um, Obi-Wan are going to fight. And then also yeah. there's photos of him not being on Tatooine. You're like, okay, what reason would he have? And I remember me and loads of my friends thinking, like, what reason would he have? And then in the show, you watch it and they go, spoilers for Kenobi, by the way. Uh, they go, oh, Leia is taken and he needs to go. And I was like, that's uh, so fucking obvious. And I didn't even consider that. It makes Genius. sense. Uh, brilliant story and that, writing that. And that, that was that was i know that was in the in the leaks but like some leaks you really just can't I ignore believe. all leaks so, i ignore yeah. every leak so because i'm just like i'm like try, okay trying to, i hear rumors sure, Jan. of casting yeah. things like i like when ahsoka was when rosario dawson was ahsoka I, I knew yeah straight away and i was like wish i didn't but super hyped yeah, for that I, I but yeah, like, i try and avoid leaks where i can i was like oh, i don't know i don't think that's gonna happen then it did i was like oh <laughs> oh maybe i was wrong okay oh and she's like a central character oh okay shit okay (laughs) i'd see how it is um but yeah it's uh, asajj ventress she's one of my favorite characters the fact that i get like maul has a lot of like parallels to obi-wan and my favorite moment in all of star wars is these twin sons episode of rebels but obviously um you can't have that without having all the stuff that happens in the clone wars and um 
obviously all the stuff with Maul, like it's because of his presence in The Phantom Menace and his relationship with Obi-Wan and there's all that, which you don't really have, obviously, with Ventress. Um, but I always go kind of like, okay, I love Maul. He is one of my favorite characters, but like they could have had Ventress instead. I'm just saying, like, why can't she be the one who who lives and gets her little her little moment? Why don't I get to see Ventress in Rebels? Why? Yeah, I, I would kill. What's for the that. truth? It's like if anyone's like come back from the dead, people talk about oh Mace Windu, what if he does? And I'm like, I kind of hope not because he's the last he's the last character that's just like he's dead because Palps came back and Maul came back and you know, all make, that stuff. It would make it would make it sense because like you don't see him die. Yeah, exactly. And in Star thing. Wars, I follow the rule. Unless I yep. see that bitch take their last fucking breath. Or the head's off, literally. Or the head is or, off. Or I've seen their body disappear. Yeah. That bitch is not dead. Yeah, true. They're but not. We, so I'm hoping, like, with, like, I, I think Mace Windu will come back eventually. Because the way oh, yeah. Ewan McGregor spoke about it, he was like, I just kept saying I want to be Obi-Wan. And Disney contacted me. And it's like, Samuel Jackson has been talking about it nonstop for, like, 10 years now. Like, yeah. literally, about five years after the prequels kind of passed, he was like, yeah, I'd come back to it. Now it's almost every day he's wearing something to do with it or tweeting about it or saying about it's just it. And that it's just like- he's, he's doing shit with Kevin Feige right now, but, oh my God. He's doing shit with Kevin Feige right now, but it, he will come back. I know he At will. At some point, it, it's inevitable, but it's one of those things I'm kind of, I'm always in that mind like when people are like, oh, they might have a Vader series. It's like, I love the Vader comics. I love Vader. And I was like, I don't really want it. And then now I'm no. here with Kenobi. I'm like, but if they gave it to me, I'd be really happy. And it's, it's the same with Mace Windu. I'm like, I don't want it if I had ultimate choice. But if it came out, I'd be super hyped for it, and I'd be really excited to watch it. It's like I, it's it's that kind of yeah, thing where that's it's like with all of Star Wars, where I'm like, 100%. sometimes I wish Star Wars would end, but then I'm like, but I'm excited about <laughs> that series though. <laughs> but I know that when uh, Thrawn appears on the screen, I'm gonna be the worst person in a ten mile radius. <laughs> I'm gonna be absolutely insufferable <laughs> <laughs> to everyone even people who don't like Star Wars hey you know Thrawn's come back into live action like who the fuck is Thrawn it's like you they're gonna be like she's been crying non-stop for days <laughs> like and like there's my boy there he is <laughs> uh literally like oh and also like once they started doing shit like when they brought Cobb Vanth into the Mandalorian, oh, that God. opened up such a wormhole because it was like anybody's glup shitto can come on screen now yes. and I'm like Where's Eli Vanto? Where is he? <laughs> and I'm like, you can't, you can't open doors like this. It's kind of like the Quinlan Boss thing where I'm like, you can't open doors like this because then the possibilities are too, they're too wide. You can't, you can't give me a taste of this because now I don't know. This guy's a limit and I can't. <laughs> I know. And it was like with Aftermath because when Covanth, when Timothy Oliphant was cast and people, there's rumbling because it was like, could be Covanth. And we're like, no. And then I was like, oh, he's wearing a Mandalorian armor. And you're like, are they, what? they're not surely going to try and, they're not going to wreck on Aftermath. They can't, surely, no. They, but And then it happened. You're like, and it's as you say, it's like, a, it's when it happens, you're like, I cannot believe a a character that was in an interlude in each of the aftermath yeah. books one of the first books in the new canon who is really minor had really nothing to do with anything just a cool character and you're like what if they brought Sinjir into it what if you know oh, Nora Wexley what if she could be in live action what if you know, and I was like what well, about Mr. Bones and then he was in Lego Star Wars and you're like oh what is happening I like 10 no. people I've ever met in my life even heard of Mr. Bones who when- actively read Star Wars ugh when someone decoded the Orabesh on the wall and there was a For Light and Life on the back, I started physically crying. I was like, hmm, 
I've decided I'm not well. <laughs> I, I sent it to the people at Roop House and we all were like, I'm shaking. I don't think I'm okay. Because I know like the High Republic was still being like developed, especially when this show was being developed. So it's like from now on is when there could be High Republic references in shows and maybe even just small ones. And I'm like, you don't understand the smallest one. And I will go quite possibly insane i i i I literally started crying i was like okay maybe i do like star wars wait a minute hold on (laughs) i was like oh my god my partner was like are you okay and i was like they said for light and life in the obi-wan kenobi series okay like (laughs) the only thing better than this is if they mention stella geos like Uh, oh i'm an elza man stan so for me i am as well i'm like but he's his journey's not over yet so and it could go badly but i want to say with high republic stuff though um i i had it and it was i interrupted you rudely and then i was gonna say about high republic is with oh yeah um are you up to date with the or relatively up to date with the 2020 run of star wars comics yes did you so you read now this is gonna be minor spoilers for people um but it's if you read the comics avidly like we do you read it a few months ago but there was an episode there were two luke comics obviously it's written by charles saul so one oh. of them was really cool and he went oh on a little God. trip and he went to lothal and got a yoda thing and one of them he goes to a planet and has a vision and basically meets the ethereal spirit of it was it still or was it elzar it was elzar it was elzar i was pretty certain i was like that's what made me think and he's like so you have luke Literally having an experience and communicating with basically a ver- like Elzar man when he was there and this temporal kind of slightly hand wavy thing, but you're like you're getting Luke Skywalker interacting with Elzar man. It's like I that when was I read my that comic Joker. <laughs> I I became because that they sent the preview for that that came out um that and also the um high republic adventures like the last issue of that one where it was like they confirmed lula and scene were a thing those came out on the same day and like the at the same time that the book of boba fett was airing and it was like the roller coaster of emotions i remember all of us reading it at like the like we usually for a comic release we, we don't like hang out at 3 a.m you know what i mean we were waiting for the book of boba fett and then we all were reading the comics and we were like Oh my, oh my God. I, I saw, like, it's also now one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. I believe, is that Charles Soule? Yeah, yeah. I believe it's, it really, it's my boy Charles Soule. Yeah. But I was like, it was my favorite moments in Star Wars where Elzar's like, hey, like, I know you have a lot of pressure on you. You don't have to be a Jedi, whatever. And I was like, hmm. Oh no. I've decided (laughs) to start crying. Uh oh. And you have, like, and then you had, like, Stellan Geo's appear, like, is in the shot, whatever. And I'm like, oh. I'm not. They're talking about Order sixty six between Luke Skywalker and Elzar. Man, I was like, oh, I'm not well. <laughs> this is. I'm not okay. I mean, when they introduced in the comics, they introduced uh, when they did Starlight Squadron, um, which I, I kind of thought of when they had the for light and life in the background on the in the path or whatever. And I was like, if they do more shit like that, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be such a problem. I'm gonna be. Oh, I'm going to be so unbearable. <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's like with, I know Brotherhood is out and has been out, but obviously that came out a couple weeks before Kenobi. Yeah. And I listen yeah. to, I, I read all High Republic books physically. Yeah. Uh, and then all the, I've been listening to a few Legends audiobooks, but other books I haven't got time to read as well. And I, you know, drive 
to and from work and do chores and stuff. So I listened to Brotherhood on audiobook and I finished yeah. that on the drive home the day Kenobi came out. Ooh. And I was like, this is perfect. I didn't plan that. I was just listening to it. And so it's like when things like that happen with Star Wars, when things connect, I know some of it is specifically planned and they Brotherhood yeah. was kind of a soft promo for Kenobi and vice versa. Yeah. But there's when you're reading, if I say this to people, when you the more Star Wars content you consume the better the rest of it becomes. Yeah. It's it's just, and when people are like, oh yeah, I watched the movies, I watched a couple of series, not that big of a deal. I'm like, read The High Republic or read Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, or read Master and Apprentice, read any of these elements. You know, if you're a big fan of Legends, read the Thrawn trilogy. Like, Or if you're a big fan of Legends comics, read Dr. Afra because it's off the walls and bananas. If you like, like Rebels, you read the original, uh, you yeah. read the- Rebels, I'm like, my If you read the Thrawn trilogy, like, like, for example, you were saying like it makes it better. Mm-hmm. This last episode of Kenobi- the girlies who ruined Thrawn alliances, we were screaming, crying, and throwing up. Like I was like, "Is that a connect? Is that an inadvertent connection to Thrawn alliances?" Holy shit! <laughs> I was like, uh, "Like," and sometimes it's thematic, and sometimes it's just like, you know, the it's like poetry rhymes bullshit. And I'm like, it it like literally made it like a deeper experience. I was like, "Oh, now everything is now everything." Everything has made everything sadder for me, but also <laughs> like, oh, it is it has made it a deeper and richer experience. Um, I just like to say that Star Wars, it's a multi-level marketing scheme to get you to read. Like it you're like, oh, yeah. oh it's movies and TV. I'm like, it's secretly a book club. <laughs> <laughs> um I really got back into reading because of Star Wars. Same. Um, and I read them all as audiobooks because I look, I work in social media and I, I look and read scrolled text all day long. And so I'm like, I like to play my stupid little phone games and then listen at like 1.75 times speed. <laughs> my mate so, Tony listens at that kind of speed as well. I'm like, oh, kudos to you. I couldn't do that. Sometimes they have the music in the back, but it's like the Imperial March sped up. <laughs> it makes me laugh like every time. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm always just like, I'm like, oh, let's go. I, I, um, I recommend the audiobooks to anybody. Um, I know the audiobooks are sometimes hard for some people, which is why I have an addiction to phone games because I can't concentrate without doing the dishes or playing a little phone game or something like that. Um, it's just like Star Wars is a very cinematic experience, and the audiobooks kind of preserve that. Some of them are better productions than others, but like, yeah. um, they very much preserve that. Um, not just because of voices, but like some of them, they do like full productions and that yeah. kind of thing um and it's it's just so, like oh the thrawn ones oh they're next on my they're next on my list because i read the thrawn comic uh the comic oh. adaptation but i wasn't as much of a fan of it. this is the thing but i never read i loved thrawn in rebels don't get yeah. me wrong and of the eli vanto and the thrawn comics and there were great things about it but it didn't it didn't grab me in the same way that other elements did so i haven't even i'm one of the few people who love styles much as i do read all the comics who hasn't read a lot, I know bits and pieces of Alliances, but I haven't read Alliances, I haven't read Treason, and I haven't read the Chaos Rising trilogy, the Ascendancy trilogy, rather. Oh, you're in, like, for, you're in for quite a ride. I'm, I'm going to get to them eventually, but it's like with the High Republic, because I was like, oh, I'll get into Thrawn, yeah. I'm going to focus on these things, and I focus on all of Claudia Gray's uh, books before I spoke to her a couple of years back. Yeah. And, then I, and then I was like, you know, then obviously High Republic kind of came off, uh, released 20, early 21, and yeah. from then I've been catching up, and now we're like, there's no until October, so we've got a couple months. But like, I'm still reading those Shadows of the Sith Brotherhood, and you yeah. know, getting to Legend stuff as well. And they've just announced that Darth Maul Shadow Hunt is going to be narrated by Sam Witwer. And I was like, well, I have I, to, I have to, you know, I I've got a tattoo of Sam Witwer. I've got a tattoo of Sam Witwer. I literally have to consume anything he's in. So Sam that's Witwer, thing. Sam Witwer is also one of those people. 
Dave Filoni, Sam Witwer, and Freddie Prinze Jr., they mm-hmm. both know a lot about Star Wars. And when they talk about it, it's interesting. Like, there's a video of Sam Witwer talking about the final battle in, in Twin Suns. It's just such an interesting scene study. And also, there's also the Freddie Prinze Jr. Star Wars rant, which I believe is the best analysis of Star Wars ever made, if you've never seen it. I've not. I'm going to make a note of that. Basically, he, like, rips fanboys to shreds, but also, like, he gets Star Wars better than anybody else. But that's also because, like, Ashley Eckstein has talked about how, like, when they worked on The Clone Wars and when they worked on Rebels, like, Dave Filoni would start every recording session by, like, giving a lecture about Star Wars for an hour. And so all of them, especially the actors, whatever, they all know so much about it, like, thematically, whatever. And Sam Witwer, so... The host of Rupalps, uh, for some of our birthdays, we got cameos for each other. Um, and for for me, they got me one of Freddie Prince Jr. because Kanan is one of my favorites. Same. Um, and it was very slay. And for uh, our friend Jess, we got them one of Sam Witwer. And he could have just like said hello or whatever, whatever. He sent us like a five minute long video doing an analysis about uh, Darth Maul. And I think just just posted it recently and i was like sir you you are the biggest fan you are the biggest star wars fan and you get it you understand it better than anybody else like i've never respected anybody else in this house he um, wants, he's won trivia competitions he's actually won them and you're like yeah you 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 have time being an actor and obviously you're getting yeah. into it and things it's like people like katie sackoff she knows a bit about stars but she's not yeah. compared to sam whitburn it's like she knows nothing compared to him he knows so much and it's people yeah. like him and you're like oh yeah he's he's a fan and then you get to him talking and you get him like um if you see like henry cavill interviews and then anyone yeah. mentions warhammer and he's like warhammer warhammer and all like or the witcher and he's like correcting yeah. scripts that are being actually, like, actually you know, garrett would say this the actress playing uh miss marvel iman Vellani, she's yes. like that about miss marvel as well like she yes. was get, she was getting into fights with kevin feige on set being like actually so um the MCU can't be Earth 616 because of blah, blah, blah. Like, and I was like, she literally is Miss Marvel. She literally <laughs> yeah. is Kamala Khan. Um, yes. Like, uh, and I feel the same way about Sam Whitworth because like a big thing about Maul's character is that like he's one of the few people who knows everything. He knows the truth. Whatever. Kind of like the viewer. He's kind of the viewer viewpoint character by the time. His stuff is just top tier. And I'm like, yeah, Sam Whitworth is method acting at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he does know everything. And he knows everybody. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, he does. Um, Maul is one of my special little guys. He's just my special little guy. Um, Maul is one of my favorites. I mean, Starkiller was, is my favorite Legends character. I mean, that's yeah. what my tattoo is, is off the Force Unleashed cover, Creaky yeah. Chair. But, and so he, Sam Whitworth, I was like, oh, I love him because this. And a few people were like, oh, yeah, I like the Force Awakens. And then when yeah. Clone Wars and Rebels coming out, I was like, he voices Maul as well, and Palpatine in certain uh, releases. And the Sun. And, yeah, like, and the Sun. I was like, that's a connection, you know. And they even made a Star Killer like CG model, and they also made one of Revan and Bane back in season, I think five, yeah. five or six. And they were, te- I think they it was were five or six. I yeah. think it was five, six. And then they were toying with him being an Inquisitor in Rebels, and they're like, Star Killer's kind of. And Kevin Scott, when I spoke to him, he said he, he clarified. He's like, this is not me revealing anything, but he was like, I, he's like, I can think of loads of ways to bring Star Killer in, and not necessarily yeah. depower him. And I'm like, everyone is talking about him, and Sam was never been. He's always in Star Wars since the Force Unleashed. He's yeah. just been so in there, and I'm like, I never want him to ever leave ever. We need to catch him, put him in a Star Wars box. But he he's happy in one anyway. <laughs> he's I'm loving like- it. I would like him to stay forever. Um, yes. I also, I love Darth Maul very much. Like when I saw Solo, 
as a Clone Wars girly and as like somebody who like has been catching up on the canon or whatever, there were so many things for me and like I love droids. I love like L337 has become like my favorite droid or whatever, but like there's a lot wrong with that film. Um Lando is also one of my top like five characters, so I was there for him. Like that that's it. Um but so there was like I had mixed feelings about that movie, but I will admit when when Maul showed up on the screen and most people were like isn't he dead? <laughs> or most people were like, why is he here? Um, when he showed up on the screen, I was screaming, crying, and throwing up. I was like, you know what? That is fan service, and I'm a fan being serviced. Um, thank you to me and all the, th- all the, all the, I almost said the Thrawn girlies, but I was like, all the mall girlies because, uh, actually, you were saying about legends about Thrawn. Um, I've actually never read any of the Legends Thrawn books. Oh, um, boy. And I, like, I almost don't want to now because even though Timothy Zahn says like he tried to keep them the same character, a lot of people are like they're not the same character, but he tr- he did actually try to. Um, and I love Canon Thrawn very much. And here's the thing. I said earlier that like I mostly come to Star Wars for the politics, but also for the magic. Like I could go anywhere else for like the military part or the the space battles or anything like that. Um which is why I love the High Republic and whatever. So for the Thrawn stuff to be my favorite, it says a lot because well, there's there's some stuff with foreign sensitivity, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, like for the Thrawn stuff to be some of my favorite is a big deal because I could give a shit about the space battles, nor do I understand them, nor do I care, uh, <laughs> or the or the the strategy or any of that. But they're so cool and so Timmy's on just knows how to write an interesting character. Um, that I often say that like of my top tier of Star Wars books, it's like. The High Republic, the Thrawn novels, and the Padme novels. They're all they're they're all on the same tier. Um like my favorite little glub shittos, they're all from the from the Thrawn books. And you're like and it's funny because you were saying like you really like the High Republic and that's very Jedi centric. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the Thrawn trilogy, you're gonna be like, I'm I'm out here. I there's not a lot of Jedi. Well, there's Anakin Skywalker, but You'll get to him, but well, yeah, uh, I know about the the chest, the young the women who have four sensitive elements. So I know bits and pieces about Thrawn, and I, w- I will say, like, obviously, you say one of the things you like most about Star Wars is politics, and that's yeah. a really interesting perspective for me. It is the force in itself. It is the spiritual yeah. element. I like I like the philosophy of it. And so with me, whenever, like Qui-Gon, he's my bae. Yeah. Um, whenever there's anything with him, like even there's like an Age of Republic comic. There's just like I a, love a, that one. And it's so force. It, and it's like anything to do with, like when, when not if, when he appears in yeah. episode six of Kenobi, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, because, he's definitely appearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Master and Apprentice <laughs> is such a great book and you get into more into Qui-Gon and also Master and Apprentice has Rail Avros, which is one of the most underrated Rail- and he's even in Dooku Jedi Lost as well briefly and it's like yes yes put him in I want him I I no one would have a clue if he popped up in anything oh like, yeah no one would know he's even less known than like Quinlan Voss and I would be like one of the only people be like yeah I want my little bestie I want my little bestie <laughs> Rail Avaros to come back uh yeah I I see now I'm like now I think you're really gonna find the Thrawn books interesting because the the big thing with those are they're really about they're about personal relationships but also about philosophy and also about 
the force because Thrawn's whole thing is like the one thing he doesn't other than politics the one thing he doesn't understand is the force so whenever he's around it he always wants to study it in some way or learn more about it um so I think you're going to quite like that, actually. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because I haven't read The Queens. It's literally the only the only book series I haven't read that are the main ones in Star Wars. Because I started with the comics, then, yeah. you know, books. And I'm trying to keep up to date with High Republic. I've not read yeah. the Alphabet Squadron trilogy because I... I just I, finished those. I'm not a fan of pilots. That's one of my least... That, that for me, you said about it earlier in our conversation yeah. about, like... You get pilot stuff in relatively everything sci-fi. For me, yeah. I hear pilots in space. I think Star Trek. That's the and I'm I like Star Trek, but I don't love it. Uh, it's not Star Wars for me. In Star Wars, what makes it unique for me in particular is the massive lore, the all content, whether it's legends or canon, basically feeds into itself, and also the Force itself. You know, lightsabers yeah. and that stuff is cool, but when you hear about you know the the death uh, death of Mary Night Sisters and how they perceive yeah. the mag- or the Force in magic, and then you've got the way like Maz Kanata is just force sensitive and I want to know more about her and I yeah. like the beings who can touch and feel the force and experience oh, it oh you're gonna love well, the Thrawn well, books so now you're, you're convincing go me crazy. <laughs> you're gonna go crazy for this one um well Thrawn 2017 doesn't have Thrawn 2017 which is the first one well, I that's the comic say, adaptation that I've read so that's what yeah. kind of stopped me going further but you, sh- but you should read the book version okay you should read the book version because there's a lot that doesn't translate in the in the comic. Mm. And the reason is because the book version, it is told like a diary and the rest is not because, oh. well, you know, you is know what Eli happens. Vanto, at the, isn't it? It's, yeah, well, it's, it's Thrawn's, it's Thrawn's journal entries that he then gives to Eli to give yeah. to the Ascendancy. Um, so it's a little different narration style than the comic is. Um, that book is a love story. <laughs> that book is a love story, especially the book version, especially. Um, someone that you read and you're like, excuse me? Um, no, number one, it's a love story. And it's just a very, there's parts of it where I have, there's literally parts of it where I have genuinely cried. Like, Timmy Zahn put some extra special sauce in that one. Um, <laughs> and then there's stuff about the Force, whatever, that you're going to find really interesting. Like, there's stuff with Thrawn, and, the stuff with Thrawn and Anakin and Alliances is very interesting. Um, and then there's a lot with how the, that compares to other beings who are force sensitive. So I think you're going to find that really interesting. And also if you like politics, when you get to the ascendancy, you get like a whole different vibe of how politics works. And Timmy Zahn gets into it almost a little bit too much at one point. You're like, what does this have to do with Thrawn? And you're like, just, just roll with it. Just roll with it. Um, and it's like of a completely different part, not of the galaxy, of a, of a different galaxy. And you're like, this is so interesting. This is so cool. But also... You are a prequels fan, and what I've said to people before is, like, the three canon Thrawn novels are kind of like the original Thrawn's original trilogy, Um, and then the Ascendancy books are his prequel trilogy, and they directly parallel the three, like, prequel movies. Um, He is a direct foil for Anakin. They have made him a direct foil for Anakin. I don't know if on purpose, Um through those books and through the his canon arc now like lesser evil it, you said revenge of the Sith is your favorite lesser evil is going to be your joker it's mm. going to be it's going to be your favorite um because you're going to read it and it's because it, it's it's a lot like revenge of the sith and you're gonna be like oh my god shit damn <laughs> oh my god i uh-oh i made myself sad <laughs> um anyways you can't get me talking about thrawn you can't 
I won't shut well, the fuck up. I want to hear about the Queen's trilogy then, because once oh, again, yeah. it's uh, like I really like Padme. She's she's amazing, and in the Clone Wars, she's great, and the Handmaidens are very interesting. What they yeah. do with Sabe and Crimson Rain is very very intriguing to yeah. me. And when I, I listen to, or read, listened, whenever people are listening, I'm, some read books, I read some audiobook. Yeah. But if I say read, I mean one or the other. Um, Brotherhood, Mike Chen specifically said he reached out to E.K. Johnston. And yeah. They, when she released the third, is it Queen's Secret? Queen's Hope. Queen's Hope is the newest. Yeah. So it's um, with that, when she released that, he was speaking with her and there's parts that kind of intersect, he said. And they he tie from really well. So mm. Queen's Hope came out right before Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, and they, they work together and they tie really well. They have little glupshittos that they shared together. And like, because they were in the same time period um, of like right after attack of the clones when yeah. right between attack of the clones and then when we see the clone wars series start yeah. um they had to really share notes and they they really shared notes about a lot of stuff and also because padme appears in the brotherhood novel and like all this kind of stuff um and that's the end of part one. Thank you so much, as always, for listening, my friends. Make sure you tune into part two that will be released next week. But if you can't wait that long and you want to hear the other part immediately, please consider going over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat, where you get access to this full unsplit conversation, as well as hours and hours of additional content that you can't get anywhere else, including at least once a week, you get an episode of Afterthoughts, where myself and Megan often review TV shows or movies or live performances, or just talk about what we've been up to recently. Recently, like went to the Isle of Wight and went to the zoo and spoke about that for a bit. And we spoke about a trip to Malta, those sorts of things, plus lots of Star Wars book reviews that I release that I don't release anywhere else. So I've done some Legends book reviews, Darth Bane book one. I've just about to record book two, uh, Shatterpoint, Darth Plagueis, but also some canon books I haven't released on this feed, like Last Shot, Dark Disciple, and also a new dawn so lots of styles related content on there as well as lots of non-styles related content but please for as little as one pound a month it really really helps the show out it means a huge amount to me and you get loads of bonus content as well so just thank you for considering that links as always are in the description but what have we got coming up? Well, next week is going to be part two of my chat with Claudia. Any Patreon supporters, when part two drops, we'll get a bonus episode of Afterthoughts on the Patreon-exclusive feed as well. So another reason to go over to Patreon. Uh, but in part two, we continue our conversation about the Queen's Trilogy by E.K. Johnston around Padme and her handmaidens. We then talk about the Thrawn books quite a lot, as well as his character itself. And then we talk about certain characters created by Dave Filoni, who seem to be untouchable by other content creators. And we also talk about Valance, Valance Nation, uh, the John Williams contribution to star wars and lots of other star wars centric stuff so if you enjoyed this part i'm sure you're going to enjoy next week's part as well make sure to check out the description because there are links to rupal's pod race and their various social media and etc claudia's twitter claudia's other podcast the mystery spotcast as well as a line where claudia mentioned newcomers podcast with nicole byer and lauren lapkiss and a few other bits and pieces she mentions either in part one or part two of the conversation so always check the show notes is basically what i'm trying to say in short in addition to that, what have we got over the coming weeks? Well, I've got a conversation recorded with Mary Kenny, who is one of the writers on Spider-Man Mars Morales, and is going to be one of the writers for The Wolverine, or rather is, but that game is not yet out yet, and no details have been released either. It was an incredible conversation with Mary. I'm hoping that Sony will authorise that in the next week or so, so it should be ready and prepped by the time part two, or the week after part two drops on this feed, so in two weeks' time. So that's what I'm hoping to get released next. I've got a few other things rumbling in the background, but that's the main thing 
at the moment. But in addition to that, I'm going to be doing lots of guest spots over the next month. So I'm going to be appearing on the penultimate episode of the Ms. Marvel Discussion Show, which is on the feed of Comics in Motion. That's where my Star Wars Comics in Canon show airs, where I talk about Star Wars comics. Obviously, go over there. You never have to have read a Star Wars comic in your entire life. It's specifically designed so that I go through the plot details. And so if you've already read the comics, it serves as a good refresher. If you've never read the comics, you get a good understanding of the canon. And I also talk about other bits of information, like trivia, including like planets and species and other reoccurring characters and stuff like that. So it's a really, really good way to get into the world of Star Wars comics. Or if you want a refresher on some of the comics you've already read, or if you just want to get your knowledge of Star Wars increased somewhat, please consider checking out Star Wars comics in canon. You can listen on the YouTube channel of mine, which is Genuine Chit Chat. Link to that's in the description, as well as there are video versions of my conversations. When part two of this conversation drops with Claudia, I will be releasing the video conversation onto YouTube, so you can check that out if you so desire. But also, on that feed of comics in motion, as I said, there is a weekly Kenobi discussion show, which has now finished as of recording this. So there's five episodes where myself and a variety of guests talk about Kenobi. In addition to that, as I said, there's the Ms. Marvel show, hosted by Rhea Carrigan and Tonya Todd. Both have been guests on Genuine Chit Chat numerous times. And so me and Megan are going to be appearing on episode five of that. I'm also going to be doing an Andor discussion show, but you don't need to worry about that till the end of August. I'm also going to be appearing on Fem on Film, Rhea's show, with Megan at some point over the coming months. I'm also appearing on Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars podcast to talk about the Carnage comics. And I think I'm doing something else somewhat soon as well. I'm going on back to the filmography as well. So some of it's comics and motion stuff. Some of it's the extended comics and motion family. But I am being a busy bee. Follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Please rate on Spotify. You know, if you're listening right on there right now and you're not driving, please go on the app. Give me five stars. It would be huge, huge help to myself and the podcast itself. If you're listening on Good Pod or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that lets you write a review, please write a review, even if you're just on the toilet and you're doing it. Just it really, really helps boost the show and gets the word out there. In addition to that, you can subscribe onto YouTube, which means a lot to me, and you get other stuff there too. But obviously, the main way you can support the show is on patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. I've already given you lovely listeners my pitch for that but please consider checking it out it means a lot you can click on the link in the description to take you to one of the free patreon episodes i have released where me and megan have been doing our tom hanks watch so lots of places to find me lots of ways to hear my lovely voice and always check the details in the description because that's just the best way to keep up to date with everything that i'm kind of doing and stuff but thank you as always for listening i appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way to the very end and i'll speak to you all next week with part two of my chat with claudia you have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.